With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Dead in Sports. My name is Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show is the 430, BZ430. B, what up? What up? What's good? What's going on, everybody? What's up? Um, Manny will be joining us. Manny from the Technical File Podcast will be joining us in a little bit. Um, speaking of podcasts, make sure you guys go out and um, and check out 12 Cows Podcast. Subscribe to Dead in Hip Hop, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, and even subscribe to the podcast uh, um, as well. We got a podcast feed out there, too. Um, I'm going to do some things there where I'm going to start. Well, you'll see. So just subscribe to it so you'll stay updated on that. Uh, and subscribe to the Technical File Podcast and the Strictly Hoop Talk and B-Ball Talk uh, by Chris Platty. Oh, man. I, damn. And subscribe to the Is the Mic Still On podcast, too. Uh, one of the yeah that that shows uh, hilarious. It's me and B and B, and uh, and the rest of the crew from Dead and Hip Hop. So check all of those out, man. Uh, plenty of content coming your way uh, from Dead in. Uh, well, I was gonna say Dead in Hip Hop, but uh, just Dead in Media, man. So y'all check that out, and um, and just make sure you get your feel. Um, actually, Manny just joined us on the podcast, so uh, perfect timing, Manny. We were just kicking this thing off. Oh, word. <laughs> okay, that's what's up, man. My bad, man. My bad for being late. No, 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 no. It's it's all good, man. You know, I look. It was last minute um, that I hit you up, so it's, it's all good, man. We um, you know, we were just uh, just in there, just talking a little music um, before we cool. uh, got started. So, um, yeah, no big deal. So. Um, I want to start the show off with uh, with Dame Lillard. Um, by now, I'm sure most of you guys, well, if you guys follow basketball, you are aware that he uh, he beat the Lakers by himself in the fourth quarter, um, popping threes in everybody's mouth. I think he got Lonzo twice. Uh, four threes in the fourth quarter, back to back to back to back to overcome an 11-point deficit against a hot Lakers team. I didn't think I would be saying that, but the Lakers are playing good. So, um, yeah, big win. So, anyway, um, so I, I, I thought about this, and I, and I want to put this out to you guys, and I think I already know the answer, but I just want to get you guys' thought on it anyway. Um, Lillard, as a basketball player, is he underrated or underappreciated? And um, one quick thing, it, it, and I don't see, be you ready. Last thing, every year it seems like uh, he has to fight to get into <laughs> the All-Star game. So let's go, man. Why, why are we not showing Dame Lillard enough love, man? Um, Because I think NBA fans, I think NBA media, um, sometimes because he's out in the West with – we glamorize Westbrook so much. We glamorize Stephen Curry so much. We – 
you know, glamorize CP3 so much. James Harden. I think he's always in that forgotten of guards that's out in the West. Um, I think that's why. I think that's why he's, he's you know, kind of almost both underrated and underappreciated. Um, I think we, you know, people, sometimes even myself, sometimes, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I catch myself forgetting about Dame Lillard and not giving him the props that he he deserves, he rightfully deserves because Dame Lillard that is a bad man like that dude went off I mean he's been he but that he's been doing that so it's not like him the way he was going off yesterday was like the first time he's ever done that Dame Lillard we we've seen him plenty of times go off take over games in the fourth quarter put teams on his back in the fourth quarter so you know I just re- me just in my personal opinion I just think because he's just out in the west and the media glamorized Westbrook and, and, and Steph Curry so much that, you know, they don't need to take time to wait and glamorize this guy. You know, I mean, I think for the media to start really glamorizing this guy, he's going to have to start winning, getting, making deep runs in the playoffs. Like we talking, yes. you know, Western Conference, Western Conference finals, you know, second round might not be good enough. He's he going to have to start making to some Western Conference finals for teams to be like, I mean, for the media to be like, oh, Wait, wait a minute. We got to start paying attention to this Dame Lillard guy because you go into the first round and getting bounced. You know, you keep doing that, keep doing that. You know, then the media and fans they're gonna kind of forget and they're not gonna they're not gonna appreciate you like you should. But Dame Lillard is a certified baller and he should be known as that for one, uh, a big time baller because that dude is no joke. That dude got range. He he will take over a game. He's not scared. I mean, I mean, I mean, he just got all the tools that we. You know, a lot of fans, he'd be like, oh, man, you need that killer. You need that killer. Like, that guy is a killer. He wants to take the last shot. He wants to put the team on his back, and he's not afraid to. So, shout out to Dame Lillard, man. I, hey, look, you got my support, man. I, 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 as of right now, for the last month, I even tell myself this last month, I'm going to start putting Dame Lillard higher on the PG list because he deserves that, man. I, I agree with everything B said. Um, you asked originally uh, if you if he's underappreciated or underrated. I, like like B said, I think he's both. Um, and, and I think it's a combination of things. I think number one, I think he you know he came from a small school, Weaver State, so he didn't get that national exposure in college. Mm. And, you know, mm. a guy like you know, a guy like Russell Westbrook, even even Steph to a certain degree. I mean, Davidson had had that you know that miracle run in the tournament. Uh, you know way back when so you know steph curry had a year or two of, of national exposure at the college level so to kind of build his brand up plus being del curry's son and all that um you know dame didn't really have that so i think a lot of the 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 you know just the average basketball fan never and then then of course he gets drafted to portland of all places you know um i live out here so portland is not exactly <laughs> a, a huge media market you know what i'm saying so um you know so i think that contributes to it um, like B said, the Western Conference, I mean, it's stacked uh, with point guards. I, I, You don't have to tell me about Dane Lillard, man. I've been a fan of the kids since we were state. I mean, I happened to see him a lot in college, um, mm-hmm. and I was always impressed with him. And then when he came into the NBA, I mean, I just I was just a huge fan off, off, off top. And um, I actually know some cats that actually know him and say he's a good dude. Um, so, you know, and, and everything I hear from like people in Portland in the community, like he's a good dude in the community. Like he just, he's just a real stand up dude. So, I mean, the dude is just, uh, he, he's just a beast, man. And I'm a Laker fan. So I happened to be watching that game last night, unfortunately. And I saw that performance and it just, it just kills me. But he, I mean, he's, it, the dude is just a monster, man. He's a monster. And I actually posted on Twitter today and I know this might be controversial, but I, I was like, yo, if, if, if I had a game to win for my life. 
and you ask me if I had to take Russell Westbrook or Damian Lillard, I'm going to take Damian Lillard. That's just me, my personal opinion. I'm taking uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Give me Dame all day, man. Like we we saw what was that against the Rockets? Um, when he hit that? Sh- no, it wasn't the Spurs. No, it was the Rockets. Ga- the it was the Rockets first round. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we we it was like that was his coming out party, at least for us. And it seems like he's never been able to like get over the hump, you know, and 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 pass over into like the mainstream. And well, you think does. about it, that team kind of mm-hmm. not to cut you off, but you no, think you about it, that team kind of went through that team went through kind of a transition because when he first got there, it was still kind of the the Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge type squad. You know, remember they had a. Uh, I'm forgetting my man from Charlotte. Um, they had Batum. They had Batum. Wesley Batum. Matthews. Yeah. 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 So that was Matthews. still – yeah. yeah, exactly. So they had that squad already in place, and then he got there. And then, you know, his team kind of went through a transition because they got younger. You know, McCollum got there, you know, uh, uh, Farouk Aminu, um, all those cats that they got now. So, that, you know, the team kind of went through a little bit of a transition since he's been there. So um, – but, yeah, that was his coming out party, that playoff series. I mean, he outplayed hard in that series. I mean – and we, I'm sure we get into it, you know, as far as what we think about the Rockets. But that was another playoff series that James Harden came up small in. I mean, I remember that series vividly. And Damian Lillard was the best player on the court by far. Like it wasn't even a debate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was a fan, but that right there, just I was like, okay, that's it. It's it's official. Uh, Dame Lillard's official because that was also a, a series where we saw what LA was all about, and mm-hmm. at that moment. And I think, you know, I think we were still doing this show. And I think I was telling Ralph that just L.A. just wasn't built like that. And um, and he went on to prove it to the point where he wanted to, to wind him on and get, get himself out of out of San Antonio. But um, but yeah, man, I, I think you know what, B, I, I like what you said um, about you showing Dame more love, because, you know, when I was driving home and I was thinking about the show, I was thinking about just this question and why Dame isn't mentioned with the Curry's and the, and the Westbrook's and we know about LeBron. So you're not going to be mentioned with him, but all these other star superstar players like freak. I mean, even with Chris Paul, like, and Chris Paul is, I mean, he's been doing it for a while. So we understand, you know, he's a veteran, so he's had his moments, but Dame deserves more love. And the, outlets the bigger outlets don't show him the did give him the attention that he deserves and it's something that i think i want to vow to do on on dead end sports um is to give those other teams those other players that type of attention um that they need man so um so yeah dame dame is a beast he's off the you know what i think Mm -hmm. you know what i think is, is another aspect of that too like like when you look at the, the point guards, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to send this conversation on point guards. Like Steph obviously is, is, is got a flashy game. Um, he's got a playground game. He, obviously the shooting is the biggest thing he's known for with Russ. We've probably never seen athleticism from a point guard. Um, you know, that much athleticism from a point guard with Damien. There's not that one thing that really kind of sticks out that like, Oh, okay. When I first think of this, that's what, that's what I think of. I think of Damien Lillard, like, he just has a to- like he doesn't have that one thing that really sticks out. But I mean, so I think that kind of contributes to it too. Um, he doesn't have that flat. He kind of has an old school game if you really think about it. Um, so I think that that sometimes kind of contributes to kind of the, the lack of notoriety that he gets. But I mean, yeah, like I said, like like we've all said, I mean, the dude is just a monster, man. I mean, you know what? 
take take taking that point right. I think like when I think about Chris Paul, he doesn't have that flashy game, but he's a superstar and everybody talks about him. I think with the way the media is now and the way the talk shows are now, um, that 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 kind of contributes to your point. He doesn't really do the things um, that would captivate like the French NBA fan or the casual NBA fan to the point where they would be interested in hearing people talk about him on a first take or an undisputed or whatever. He has to actually do something like he did last night. To, to garner that attention, to really get that and attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and he be he, he puts in work like every game. He's averaging twenty six and six. Like he's carrying that team right now. And when you look at the Blazers, like CJ McCollum can ball, but it starts with Dame Lillard, then CJ, and then it's everybody else. Right. So you know. So yeah. So you know. Shout out to Dame, man. I haven't heard him rap. Have you heard him rap? I've heard him rap. He's actually, he's actually, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's on, you know, J level or something like that. But I mean, he could, he could spit. I mean, he's, dude's, dude's a competent rapper. I mean, compared to, compared to some of the dudes that's out right now, of course. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'll we don't need to, to get him. into that. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> What about Lonzo? Have you, heard, have you listened to Lonzo's mistake? Uh, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, I've that's been avoiding man, it, man. but. Yeah, uh, I ain't gonna say he's my man's, but he's still <laughs> on my team, so I gotta rock with him. Uh, That's your man. Every everybody, everybody's told me, from people trusted people. I mean, these aren't you know cats that would listen to Takashi Six Nine or somebody like that. Everybody that tells me that I would trust tells me that it's a decent, it's a decent album. Again, they wouldn't, it wouldn't, they wouldn't sit there and put it up on some of the greatest works in hip hop. But I mean, it's it's they say he could spit, they say he could rap. God knows what he's doing as far as rapping. So I don't know. I have not listened to it. I have not given it the time of day. I've been meaning to. We'll see. I don't know. FIFO has. He wants us to review it. We probably will. Um, so okay. You'll get, you'll get, That's going to be interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll get what's real. Because it's rapping season. We're not trying to put up with Decent this year. It's 2018. People dropping some albums. So you, you got to come with it. Um, Word. So, man, I didn't know you were in Portland. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm outside of Seattle, so I'm not here. Um, so, like, it's like a two-hour drive from Portland. So oh, okay, it's like the okay. Pacific. It's the Pacific Northwest, as they call it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, so this was interesting. I had a feeling this was going to happen, but I needed to see it. Um, Larry Ness Jr. went off for twenty-two and fifteen. Um, Tristan Thompson, as soon as I saw Tristan Thompson was hurt, and B, you probably saw it in, in Fantasy Basketball League, you know, I went and picked up Larry Nance Jr. Because when I saw Tristan was out for two weeks, I had a feeling he was going to get off. Um, yes. Not that he's going to do 22 and 15 every night. I mean, we've been watching basketball to know anybody can have a good game. Uh, but we've seen spurts of it. Like in the limited minutes he got, like the 20 minutes, you know, he will, he will put up a double-double, which is decent. Um, but yeah, 22 and 15, LeBron loves him. Um, and I'm not going to overreact to a win over the Detroit Pistons who can't seem to find their way, but and totally it was on. Time for, you were right, B. <laughs> Go ahead. Let us have it, B. You were right. I, I try to tell, I try to tell y'all, man, this is this, that move 
wasn't going to do anything for us. It's not going to do anything for a short term or long term, man. This was just this was Stan Van Gunny trying to save his ass. I'm telling you. But it was worth it was worth it because y'all wasn't doing anything with with uh with Tobias Harris anyway. So oh man, now remember what I said? I said even though I don't care for him, we seem to be winning whenever Reggie Jackson is playing. Is playing. Oh God! Whenever when telling you, look at the numbers. Look at our winning record. Look at our record when he's playing, when he's healthy, and look at our record when he's out with an injury. So I mean, it just goes to show you he's not he's not stable. But um, whenever Reggie Jackson is playing, we have a winning record. I I mean, like I said, I don't care for him, but I mean the numbers don't lie. So, but yeah, man, I told you, Blake Griffin. I wouldn't have <laughs> Blake Griffin. Try to tell y'all, pisses wasn't doing nothing. He ain't gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, every time I see see a loss, man, I'm like, God dang, B was right. I think so, yeah, I think the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, to tell y'all, man. I know my team. I know my this is a life this is a lifelong Pistons fan, man. Like I've 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 been with them since Zeke was a rookie. So it's like this is it. This is my life. Yeah. So anyway, uh, rant over. Uh, back to Larry Nance. So, and this is actually interesting, uh, Manny, with you on the show because you're a Lakers fan, so you can give us some uh, fan insight into this. So, a uh, couple of things that I noticed. Um, well, one question I had: Is it time to sit Tristan Thompson? Uh, the other question was: Can he make a difference for the Cavs come playoff time? The other question, and this is off of the news that came out that he had a mid-range shot, and now apparently he can shoot threes too. I didn't know that. So it seems to me what I pulled from that is that he has some upside. So why, like, did did the Lakers not develop this guy? Like, well, Here's What's the going thing. on here? Here's the thing. First first question, is it time to sit Tristan Thompson? Yes. It's it's been time to sit Tristan Thompson if I'm a Cavaliers fan and uh but that's so let's let's answer, let's get that one out of the way first. Um <clears throat> and as far as Larry Nance, you know, Larry I, I, I will go out and I, I will say this, Larry Nance was my favorite player on the Lakers the last couple years. These these horrible ass years that we've had uh, the last four or five years. Um he's really been my favorite player. And it's not that he didn't get a chance to develop. Is that he was drafted onto a team that we just we were just a rebuilding team with a lot of young prospects, and he was drafted onto a team with Julius Randle, and him and Julius Randle really kind of have similar similar styles of play. Um, they're both power forwards. They kind of do the same things, and it was either a situation where it was going to be Julius Randle or Larry Nance, and I like both of them. So it was like a hard decision, you know. What I mean, it's like choosing between your your two kids. And you've seen this year that Julius Randle has really turned his his game to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a situation where the Lakers kind of had to make a choice. I don't think they really wanted to trade. Like, I think they were fine with trading Jordan Clarkson, even though I like Jordan Clarkson, too, because I think they knew what they had in Jordan Clarkson. He is what he is. But I think they didn't want to give up Clark. Uh, they didn't want to give up Nance. I know that for a fact that they didn't want to give up Nance. But it was just a situation where, you know, they kind of had to give him up to, to make that deal work. But um, Larry Nance can play. Um, and and it's, it's funny because so many people are now like starting to notice that because he was it's hard to say he was stuck in obscurity in L.A., but he was, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying. And, and and I think also a lot of things uh, contribute to, to Larry Nance is he's always hurt. And it's not like he's like it's not freak injuries, but he always kind of suffers these like little knickknacks that, you know, kind of keep him out for a few weeks here and there. So I think that's hampered him a little bit in certain situations. But 
Um, he can play, man. I mean, he can he can shoot threes. He's he's a he's 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 kind of that glue guy that you need on a really good team. He kind of does a little bit of everything. He rebounds. He can score a little bit in the post. Um, um, he's kind of an energy guy. Obviously, we know about his athleticism, his dunking. But I mean, he, his offensive game has kind of been the a late developing part of his of his game. But it's but it's come along really in the last year or two. And this year, it's really kind of really gotten here. So. I mean, Larry Nance can play, man. He he can play, and and if Cleveland was smart, he he should play over Tristan Thompson. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, we'll see if if Lou's smart enough to do that. But yeah, I think the thing that that stood out to me was, um, you know, he said that it was just a shot that he never took in L.A. or something along the lines they they didn't want him to take it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they never like, really ran. They never really ran offensive plays for him because. Hmm. Um, you know, they. I will say that that um, they never really ran play. They never really ran plays for him. So it was a situation of, um, you know, he didn't really get those opportunities to kind of be a, a go-to guy in an offense. So yeah, I mean, he's right about that. You know what I wonder, B. Um, B. You remember? I, I don't even know why I'm even phrasing it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when when I was thinking about this, right and him having like a mid-range shot i don't know why but amari stoudemire popped in my mind right and i was like could he be like an amari stoudemire like could he developed into uh a replacement level as they like to say amari stoudemire i like i know amari was a was a baller and we don't we know that larry we just don't know what larry can be but if you look at the numbers i think he could put, put up comparable numbers um given time and of course obviously we have to see him play but um what do you think b i mean would you sit tristan thompson and um do you think he could be like that guy that makes a difference for the Cavs when they hit playoff time Hex yeah i'll sit tristan thompson um don't care i don't care if i am overpaying him um i just feel like larry nance just brings more to the table i mean you know tristan thompson really is out there just for putbacks, rebounds, and and protect the protect the glass. Um, Larry Nance give you, you know, Tristan Thompson is a liability on on you know on the offense. Like you you know teams can kind of defend a little different whenever you have Tristan Thompson out there, opposed to if you had a Larry Nance. You know, to now yeah. you know defensively you got to kind of make up for that. You can't you can't just be like oh let's kind of lag off for Tristan. Let him let's give him that little ten foot to fifteen foot range, and we just kind of play defense on him easily. Um, with Larry Nance, you got someone that can attack the basket. You got someone given with the right coaching and, and the right kind of defensive scheme. He can he can also of a defensive stopper. I mean, probably not to the extent of a Tristan Thompson, but he can. He's athletic enough to where he can guard that three through five. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I think you know, look. This can be a good spark for the Cavs, man. You know, this would be a chance for, like, I know you always hard on them, Ken, for Lou to try to try, you know, to really try and and, and get kind of freaky with the lineups. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I would say this would be a, this would be a chance. This this can make Lou, this can make Ty Lou look good if he, you know, with um, throwing Lance, insert him in that starting lineup at that power forward, you know, slash center position if he wants. Because he's what? How tall is he? Six ten, six eleven. Uh, he's about yeah six nine six ten something like that. Okay, okay, so yeah, probably like power four or whatever. But um, yeah, I think this can be this can be the start of something, man. This can be something that the uh, Cavs front office see, and this can be if if Larry Lance can really 
come up and show that he can be the 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 second or third option or well, third option, especially once Kevin Love come back. If he can be like a reliable third option, this could be another center for LeBron to stay, you know, to stay in Cleveland and, and try to work this thing out with these young guys. So I will I say think, I don't I don't see him as a superstar. Like I don't see him as like an no. Amari level, but yeah, I think yeah, he yeah, can, no. I, I think he can be I know the comparison might not work all the way because you know Draymond's defense p- puts him on another level. He could right. be a Draymond level type, you like know a broke man's that, Draymond almost. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like the light skinned version of Draymond. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. just, yeah. just, just, you know, he kind of does a little bit of everything. You know, what I mean, he's he's that type of player. You know, what I mean, that yep. he, he'll, his value is, is kind of an intangibles, that sort of thing. Yep, I agree. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's funny, man, because it, it's. When you think about Tristan Thompson, it's hard to really imagine that he was actually a, a fourth pick. He was a fourth pick in the 2011 draft. And you look yeah. at the players that were picked after him. We're talking about Brandon Knight. Obviously, he's been hurt, but talented. And uh, Kimball Walker, Clay Thompson, um, Alice Burke has shown flashes, uh, Kawhi Leonard, um, Tobias Harris and the Cavs picked Tristan Thompson. Um, <laughs> I was but, never really a huge fan of him. Like even in college, I was just like, I don't, I just, I never saw what people saw in him. I was like, I saw him play a little bit into, you know, cause I think you, I remember he went to Texas. I Texas. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, eh, he's all right. But I mean, I never was like, Oh wow. Tristan Thompson. I, I never was wowed at him. And I think for the fourth pick in the draft, like you gotta be wild with somebody. And I never, was wild with him, so I, I never really liked that pick to begin with. But yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of proven to me what he what he. I thought he would be like a like a Dale Davis type, you know, a guy to play fifteen years, be yeah. a, a good guy off the bench type of dude. You know, what I mean, like you know, he's not a bum, but not a guy that's worth ninety million. That's definitely for sure. But but the interest interesting thing about that comparison is that Dale Davis was better. I, like and when I think, yeah, when I think yeah. about Dale Davis, <laughs> yeah. you know, I I just don't see Tristan Thompson doing the things that Dale Davis did, you know. So I mean, we're talking about a guy this year that's averaging sits and sits, you know, and and he's making eighty two mil, and Larry Nance exactly. is putting up eleven and seven, and um and he and and the scary thing is we don't I don't think he's been unleashed yet. So um I think with with a guy like LeBron by his side and hopefully mentoring him who knows where he could take his game if if he has some undeveloped uh talent there so for me like Tristan Thompson should have been sat down um same thing with JR it's time to sit him down too but um I think now and I've always felt that they may unleash him in the playoffs but why wait because now you're talking about you have a chance to go with um, um, George Hill, uh, Rodney Hood, LeBron, Kevin Love, and Larry Nance. Like, that's, that's, that's a nice lineup. And then Larry Nance can do the things that he does best and add he can be an offensive threat where Tristan Thompson isn't. So we can which do will help Kevin you, Love, which will help exactly. Kevin Love down low. It'll take pressure exactly. off him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So no, I, like I, I, I agree, man. I mean, you don't have to sell me on it. I, I completely agree. I, I hated it. I hated when we gave up Larry Nance. I was like, damn. I was like, I hated it. But yeah, because I, I knew I was like, man, he's going to Cleveland. Golly. But 
Yeah, Larry Nance is, is legit, man. Yeah. So you you Manny, you mentioned earlier, um, you brought up the Celtics. I mean the Rockets. And um and you know, I don't know about you guys, but I like these uh these Saturday night NBA primetime games. And um and the Rockets and the Celtics, they squared off uh Saturday and and for pretty much it felt like the whole game, the Celtics were uh were were dominating. The well, dominating is a hard word, but they controlled the game. They they had a, a nice, sizable lead. It felt like the Rockets were just just trying to keep pace with them, and uh, it just didn't feel like the Rockets um, really had control of the game. They did, but uh, they kept shooting threes left and right, and it sounded like that was really their strategy to try to win the game. And um, and eventually they had the big comeback led by Ariza, and they came back and won the game. Now, while I'm mm-hmm. watching that game. I know everybody's been talking about the Rockets and their their perceived threat to the Warriors and, you know, this winning streak that they were on. And then on the flip side, it was about the Celtics and the Celtics have won four straight and they're trying to keep the winning streak going, uh, not telling people that they beat like four bum-ass teams in order to do it, (laughs) except maybe one. I can't remember who the other team was. But they didn't face real competition to me um, at this point, this time in 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 the season. So I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, it's the same old Rockets. Like now, our program, we were kind of early on the Rockets, um, and then everybody else caught on. But when I'm watching that game, Harden was uninterested, seemed tentative, and it was a bunch of threes. And to me, the Celtics just stopped missing shots. So I said all that to ask you guys. Like, first of all, were you guys impressed? With the Rockets' comeback win over the Celtics, and like, does this really look like a team that can threaten the Warriors? It's hard. Rockets is kind of like the, the the Toronto. It's like you know, yeah, they look nice oh. and, and, and and shiny in the regular season, but you know, when 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 you when it means the most, let's not forget, people. We've seen Harden disappear in some games in the playoffs in the postseason. We have we've oh, yes. seen Harden had amazing regular season runs, and then playoffs. We've seen Harden go on milk cartons for real. So, you know, that's always playing in the – I mean, unless he proved me wrong. Like, until then, you know, I think Skip said this. Um, that What's that game where he made my man fall and he looked at him? He made Wesley Johnson fall and he stared yeah. at him and stuff. And then Skip Bayless went on and tweeted like, yeah, you know, we didn't see this in the playoffs. Like, And I, I was like, normally I don't agree with Skip, but – I'm kind of with him on that because we, like I said, James Harden in, in a lot of playoff runs, you know, he's been missing. I mean, yeah, he had some good games here and there, but we seen James Harden, like Ken said, show, like he's just not interested or just like, I don't know what clicks where he just not like that same Harden that attacks and that's, that's engaging throughout the regular season. So I don't know, man. I mean, the, the Rockets got the right pieces. They have guys that, know their roles and that's important in the, and when you play on the basketball team is that you play with a bunch of guys that know their role defensively and offensively and right now Rockets got that perfect blend of guys that know their role but you know it's like Harden and CP3 because you know CP3 has yet to play in the Western Conference Finals and yep. you know Harden disappeared he'd be on disappearing acts in the playoffs so they, both of those guys they're going to be on a microscope real large this upcoming postseason especially the way they're dominating this regular season is almost kind of like, is it going to be the same story come playoff once we get into them late May games? You know, so 
Uh, you know, I don't know. They got the right ingredients to to compete and give a, and, and especially the way the Warriors been playing and how they mentally seem fatigued right now. So, of course, right now Rockets looking good. They got the best record in the NBA, best record in the West, and Rockets just seem like they're bored and mentally tired. So, of course, that's that question is going to be you know brought up. Hey, you know, is there other, can these can this team take out the Golden State Warriors? La da da. In actuality, I still think not. I still, I still got the Warriors to repeat this year. Um, but this is going to be interesting. It will be fun if we can get a a great competitive, you know, attacking, engaging James Harden if they meet up in the Western Conference Finals and CP3, you know, finally have his chance to shine in the Western Conference Finals. It will be exciting. But I just think overall, I, I don't trust the Rockets. So right now, I'm still expecting to see James Harden on the milk carton sometime during Memorial Day weekend. I just think what Memorial Day weekend, I just have a feeling he's going to be on my milk carton when I when I drink my milk on, on, on Memorial Day weekend morning. So, hey, it is what it is. I completely agree with you, man. Uh, I, I know you guys, I don't know how hard you guys have been on the Rockets on y'all show, but on my show, I have killed that franchise to no end. Uh I, I'm, I'm not believing it. I'm not buying the hype. I'm not sold on it for a lot of reasons. Number one, Dan Tony hasn't won shit in his life. So my bad. I didn't mean to curse, but he has not won anything in his life. So I, why, if he didn't win with Phoenix, why am I going to believe he's going to win now? So I, I'm, I'm not buying that. Uh, James Harden, Mill Cartons. You said I don't even need to, to speak on that because you, you, you exemplified that perfectly. And Chris Paul is a guy that I've killed notoriously. You know, for all the accolades Chris Paul gets, this is a guy that has never, I repeat, never played in a Western Conference final. And don't tell me he didn't have talent. He's had talent around him, and he has not gotten his team to a Western Conference final. So I'm just not buying it. I'm, I'm not buying it. I don't think when, when, the, when the money's on the line, I, I just don't think they can beat the Warriors. Because the one X factor the Warriors have is they have Kevin Durant. And I don't think the Rockets have anybody that can guard Kevin Durant. And I, I just, I, 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 and I don't even think it's a guarantee that the Rockets will get to the Western Conference Finals. I think everybody's kind of penciling in the Rockets there as a for sure. Like everybody's just kind of marking mm. it down on their calendars. It's going to be Rockets Warriors. I, I wouldn't do that. I, I would not do that. That's a hot take. I would not do that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I, I'm not saying that they will lose for sure. But I'm just saying I wouldn't get. I wouldn't pencil the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we they have history, and you can't ignore the history. Um, I don't know, man. Like, on, on we know what Harden and, and Chris Paul are. Um, we we've been hard on them for being those type of of players with with the talent that they have. But earlier this season, they they seemed like a different team. And when I watched that game against uh, Eastern Conference contender, um, I don't know. It just something felt off about the game. And I honestly think that they were they lucked up and won that game. Um, yeah, Harden. I agree. Well, wasn't 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 the game against the Celtics that they wasn't that that game against the Celtics that they blew that lead and Harden had all those turnovers and was complaining about the officiating and all that where they blew a twenty six yep. point lead. Yeah, like it wasn't right. that, wasn't that a game against and I and I said it on my show. I was like, when you blow a twenty six point lead, and I, I'm not even sure if that was the case. I think it was like a twenty four or twenty five point whatever it was. Like when you blow a twenty something point lead, you can't blame the officials. I'm sorry, like that. Like I'm sorry, I can't. 
I can't listen to, well, the officials cost us the game. Like, nah. You blew a 20-something point lead? Like, bruh, come on. Come on. Like, not. Yeah, and, and, and what's funny about that is that I think that was a game that Harden committed those two turnovers, those two yeah. offensive fouls. Yeah. And, and he complained to the officials. Well, after this game, Marcus Smart was complaining to the officials, <laughs> complaining about the <laughs> officials officiating in that game. So um, now that you reminded me of that, maybe that played into the game and why Harden seemed tentative. Um, because to me, it was Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, um, just he, he just caught fire. And he was the one that kept them in the game and eventually – helped them win the game. And then Ariza, you know, with the steal and, and the big three, and I think Chris Paul had like a hustle play. Um, so he impacted the game in other ways. But And Harden kind of got his late by by default um, just by being in the game because he took a, a, a stupid-ass three. And then um, and then I think he, you know, he drove to the basket, got a layup. But, um, mm-hmm. but um but then when he had a chance to put the game away, he missed the free throw. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and I was like, dang, you, you got the LeBrons right now. So, for me, I saw old Harden, meaning that the guy that you guys are talking about in the playoffs showed up in a game that mattered, and they needed to come back and show that you guys got lucky the last time you beat us. That was a fluke, that 26-point that uh, comeback. And this is who we really are. And they didn't do that. So, um, so yeah, so for me, I'm starting to kind of walk back how I felt about the Rockets. And I think all of the public attention. Now, what I will give them, you know, everybody's like, oh, Rockets, Rockets. But I, what I will give them is this. I think Daryl Morey has, has set the tone. And he, he said, championship or bust. And we are obsessed with winning. So he's trying to instill a winning culture in that franchise. But like you guys have eloquently put it, you got to show and prove. And what better way to do it than to beat the Warriors in the playoffs or whoever getting your way. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. But Well, another thing, too, mm-hmm. with the Rockets, too, is that this might be their best chance. I mean, this might be their best chance. And it's crazy to say that because, you know, Chris Paul's not getting any younger. You know, it's not like Chris Paul is 27, you know, 25, 26, 27. Like, you know, Chris Paul is on the other side of 30. I think he's if he's not 30, he's going to be 30 soon or he's 31. And so I, I don't even remember how old Chris Paul is, but he's not getting any younger. And eventually one of the, it's, it's, it's going to be now or I, I'm, maybe not now or never, but it's getting close to now or never. Well, yeah, I kind of I, I agree with that, because the one thing you changed was Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and, you know, some other probably bench pieces but when i looked on the court i'm like it's the same old guys that that was here the last season you know so is chris paul going to make that much of a difference and so far he has but i would also argue that clint capella improving his game uh from last year has has helped him out a lot too just being a defensive presence rebounding the ball hustling improving his free throw shooting um so um so he's helped them as well and i know everybody points to that stat about their record when they're playing together, um, which means nothing in the playoffs. But nevertheless, um, so we'll see. But, yeah, man, I, I just – when I was watching that game, I was like, this looked like the team of old, same Rockets of old. And, and, and you know what – you, know you know the game that did it for me with the Rockets? Like, like if, if, if all their other playoff collapses didn't do it for me, 
last year's game six in the conference semis against the Spurs. I believe the Spurs were missing Tony Parker and LaMarcus Aldridge in that game. I think it was either Tony Parker and Kawhi didn't play that game or it was Tony Parker and LaMarcus Aldridge didn't play that game. My memory is going. But they were like two of their players in that game and they got blown out by 20 and James Harden didn't show up. If that doesn't tell you everything that you need to know about the Rockets and why people don't trust that team, what else will? You know, it's, it's, it's funny because we saw this guy against OKC, I mean, against the Heat when OKC went to the finals the first yep. time with that. Tri- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, and he just, that just seems to be who he is. But, and you know what? I, the last thing I got is that I don't know if his game is, is a playoff. I don't know if he has a playoff style of game. Like, okay. it's so reliant on, um, on like, contact and getting to the mm-hmm. free throw line. And we all know that that just doesn't happen in the playoffs. So, you know, if, if your shots are not falling, those step-back threes are not falling, or you're not getting the calls, what next? So, yep. mm, we'll see. Um, moving on. Manny, you, you follow football, right? Of course. Okay. All right, cool. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Um, <laughs> it's being franchise chat, uh, franchise tagged. Uh, everybody, uh, you guys probably already know that. I think he's stated, uh, probably going to make 14 mil. Um, 15 million. I believe 15. it's like 15.2 or 15.3, something like that. Wow. That's, that's incredible, man. Um, anyway. Uh, my question is very direct and simple. Is he worth 15, 16 mil, which is what he's asking for? That's a lot uh, of money. It's a lot of money, especially for a running back. Um, I, I think he's worth it. I think he's young enough still where I think you can have a couple, a few more productive years out of Le'Veon. I know he's always hurt. I know he's kind of an idiot and a knucklehead, but I think he's worth it. I mean, I think he, he, He's not their best player, but I think in a lot of ways he's their most important player. Like he How's he not his best well. player? Who is? Antonio? Honest. Yeah, I think Antonio's the best player on that team. Yeah, but Antonio I think, Brown is the bad man. And, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he's Antonio, Antonio, Antonio's their best player, but Le'Veon is the guy, is their X factor. He's the guy that takes that team to a whole nother level. And I think he's worth it. And if they don't pay him, somebody else definitely will. Yeah, he's worth it. I mean, like I completely agree with Manny. Like he he's he's not the best, but he's their most important because any mostly a good majority of successful NFL teams that at least win a Super Bowl or have a chance winning Super Bowl, you gonna have two things. You are gonna have good defense and you are gonna have a good running game. And Pittsburgh pretty much have arguably, you know, top two, top three best running back in the league right now. Um, so you gotta pay him. You gotta pay him and such. You gotta pay him like he's. The top one of the top backs in the league, so I think he's definitely worth it. I do remember, didn't he mention something, Ken, about you know if they franchise tag me, I'm just gonna retire or whatever because you know he want that he want that long contract. He, Man, that. he ain't retiring. Yeah, I remember he was he, he was. I thought you didn't he make that threat, Ken? Yeah, like, he did. Yo, he did. If I, yeah, if I friend if I get franchise tag, I'm gonna retire. Well, he like, made that dude. threat, and then he also said like if they franchise me again, I'm gonna sit out. Like I'm holding out. I'm not playing under the franchise tag or whatever. We'll we, we, we see if he hold out come training camp. He, I, he'll probably hold out a couple, you know, a week or two, but he's gonna play. Like, and I, I think yeah. they'll work out. I think eventually they'll work out a deal. Like I, he's too valuable to that team. 
that team still has a window to win a championship. So I think they'll work something out. I really right. do. And he's still in he's still in his prime years as far as age. You know, as far yeah, as he's twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So you still, you know, NFL twenty six, you prime. Like you still got a good three, maybe four years left, but you still got three good prime years. Barn hole, you don't get no major injury, no knee, no, you know, Achilles, nothing like that, no tear, nothing. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell can still be still be effective for, you know, for any football team at the age he's at right now. So yeah, get you know, hold out, get still it works out because you gotta have a running game. You know, in any in NFL period, you gotta have a respectable running game. You cannot, you can't just play against teams where they be like, oh yeah, we just gonna win, put put eight eight in the box, or we gotta, you know, you gotta watch this guy because you got Antonio Brown. Like you got the weapons, so they have to pay this man. But yeah, Le'Veon Bell is definitely the most important, not the best player, but the and most he's a great guy. player. And he's yeah, great. it's yeah. not like it's not like you're playing. It's not like you're you're debating whether you're paying Kirk Cousins, you know, Hall of Fame level. <laughs> right. champ, you know, t- you know. I mean, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you can make the case he's right. he's not. He maybe not be the best running back in the league, but he's, he's definitely top in the two, discussion. top three. Top yeah, he's three? like top yeah, two, top definitely. three easily. So definitely. I mean, yeah, he the man deserves the money. He deserves it. I think he's the best running back in the league. Um, That's fine. And I have no argue. I have no argument. Yeah, I can't even argue with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But. um all right, so I do agree he deserves the money. 16 mil, I don't know. That's a lot. Well, that's the market, man. I mean, he's making what the top three guys at his position are making in the league because that's what the franchise is based off. It's based off what the top guys in your position are making. So, like, for instance, if Kirk Cousins been tagged he'd have been making like you'd have been making garoppolo stafford money you'd have been making 27 28 million dollars a year that's i agree that's a that's a lot of money for anybody but you know that's the market that 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 is the market but i think Devonte freeman is the highest paid running back in the nfl right now and i think he's getting is, eight mil a year i think so is he really so yeah yeah so 22 million guaranteed so he's straight um, 26 mil over three years. It was five. It was a five-year, 41 million dollar extension. He got 22 in guarantees, and 26 over three years, and they gave him 15 mil to sign. So, um, and Le'Veon Bell is way better than Devontae Freeman. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's why I definitely think he's he's worth the money. But, um, but the reason why I kind of scoff a little bit at 16 is how does that impact the rest of the roster? And and what I would like to do if I signed him is I would try to find some kind of way to tie that into Big Ben because uh-huh. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown will, will more than likely be great wherever they go, but with Big Ben and all three of the killer bees together, that's – a Super Bowl winning team. So I would on offense, I, at least. Yeah, on offense. And and I think they have young talent young defensive talent that just needs more experience. But what I would try to do is is okay, so he's twenty six, so I could give him three or four years and see a big Ben a play for at least two or three more. Because when 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 Big Ben retires, Le'Veon Bell's not gonna carry that team like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's not going to carry that team like that unless they sign my boy Jameis Winston. But then Jameis Winston has to be coached, and I think Tomlin can do that. 
So uh, you're a Jameis Winston fan? Uh, oh man, that's that's mind. my dog, never, man. Never, never oh. mind. Don't do it. Don't do I'm it. I'm not. I'm not. Carry on. <laughs> Oh, I got. I, oh, oh, I, I gotta hear this one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna do it. Just go, go ahead. All right, go ahead. All right, but anyway, so yeah, so so yeah, so for me, their successes um, hinges on on whether or not Big Ben plays. Um, at least the peak of their success, because they'll still produce. Mm-hmm. Because we saw Antonio Brown produce when Big Ben went down, um, somewhat. Somewhat, he kind of. Um, I think when Vic was the quarterback, but Vic struggled, and then I think it was somebody else, and then uh, I forgot. Landry was, Jones, Landry yeah, Jones. Landry Jones. Um, so they had limited success, but that was partly because the quarterbacks just didn't play a lot. And I think if they had, you know, started out as a number one, it, it could have been a little mm-hmm. bit different. But yeah, man, if I'm going to give him that much money, by the time that contract comes to his end, I'm in rebuilding mode, and that's kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it. So. Um. Yeah. So if I'm gonna give him 16 mil, that's what I'm thinking about. So. And also, I, I would I, I would think that they're probably trying to talk to Big Ben Big Ben about you know maybe restructuring the contract a little bit you know kind of deferring some money that whatever however whatever machinations they come up with to to make the cap work I'm sure they I'm sure they're working on that as we speak I'm sure but you know yeah but you're, I mean you're right I mean they they he yeah obviously paying 16. Seventeen million dollars to a running back is 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 not ideal, especially with the you know the 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 longevity of their careers. But I mean, the dude is the dude is a monster, and he deserves it. I mean, I mean, like you said, Deontay, Deontay Freeman is making that kind of money. I mean, Le'Veon is is light years better than than Freeman. So, well, yeah, you you can't find another talent like uh, Le'Veon Bell. It's just no. it just doesn't exist. Um, and any other. Of the the other top running backs in the league, the Gurleys, the the Zeeks, um, who am I missing? David Johnson, maybe David Johnson is close um, because of his ability to catch hasn't the ball done it out for the that many years, though. Yeah, right, right. So um, Le'Veon is almost in a in, in a class of his own um, as far as his talents, um, mm-hmm. but there are other running backs that are just as good. In, in what they do, but his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and give you 600 receiving yards uh, puts him on a whole other level. And the fact that you can line him up, you know, as a receiver or put him in the slot, yep. I mean, what are you going to do with that? So, um, and not a lot of running backs are able to do that. So, um, anyway, keeping with football, um, I got a prediction. I think that after this guy signs – we won't hear or talk about him anymore. Kirk Cousins. Really? Kirk Cu- okay. I, I think this will be it. I think looking at the two teams that are left, the Denver Broncos have pulled out. So now he's left with the Jets or the Vikings. I don't think – I think Kirk Cousins' reputation, his brand and everything was built off the fact that he was pushing – or part of why they were pushing RG3 out. That controversy around RG3 and Kirk Cousins and Jay Gruden. And, so it didn't have and, anything to do with RG3 and his injuries and the way he handled himself in the locker room? And oh, yeah, yeah. They the totally, stuff. yeah, they did the brother wrong, man. They did the brother wrong. They did the brother, man. Yes, oh, that, that's another conversation. We can have that debate. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I 
hate Jay Gruden for what he did to RG3. Look, I'm not um, a Gruden fan. Uh, I think Jay Gruden gets I think Jay Gruden has a job because of his last name. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not a Gruden fan, but I mean RG3 didn't help himself in that situation. Let's be let's be let's be fair there. RG3 did not help himself in that situation. I'm not saying it was all his fault, but he he didn't help the situation. He didn't, but I think the media I think the media turned on him and and Jay Gruden turned on him and and he just Oh man, we yeah we got to talk about that uh, one day because I, yeah, I, yeah. I I followed that heavily because it actually turned me against Kirk Cousins and I actually liked him when he played in Miss, Michigan State so um, so I had to to catch myself but but I think the controversy a- around that whole situation is how Kirk Cousins got to where he is because we're watching him to see if he was actually better or worth. Um, pushing RG3 out. Now, we understand RG3 had his injury problems and, you know, obviously he couldn't throw and he thought he was bigger than all the stuff that they, the, you know, they, they put out there to slander the guy. But if you're going to make that decision, what is Kirk Cousins going to do for you? And to me, he didn't do much. But anyway, so now that Kirk Cousins' run in Washington is over, who cares about him? He's a C, B-level player. That when he goes to the okay, maybe the Jets because it's a New York team and people like talking about the Jets, but and maybe Minnesota because the Vikings somehow managed to find a way to win. But I think that people are only interested in Kirk Cousins because he's the big name out there, and that once he signs, he won't be covered the way he's being covered now. But that's just me. What do you think is the best fit for Kirk Cousins? Um, because he has the Jets and he has the Vikings. I mean, well, you guys know I'm a I'm a Jets fan, so I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, yeah, I, I'm a Jets fan, long suffering Jets fan. Yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn on 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 Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I kind of find myself being the Kirk Cousins defender, like. A lot of people like to bash this dude. Like he's just like bottom of the barrel type quarterback. I'm like the dude. The the dude threw for four thousand yards for two years ago he, by the system. Okay, look. Am I sitting here telling you that Kirk Cousins is Tom Brady? No. Am I sitting here telling you that he's Drew Brees? That he's Ben Roethlisberger? That he's that he's even Philip Rivers? No. I'm not saying that. But let's be fair. Those guys, those guys ain't walking through that door. To quote the old Rick Pitino line, they're not walking through that door. And if you could get a guy in Kirk Cousins who just turned thirty, who is a competent quarterback, I think you have to do everything in your power to sign a guy like that. Especially if you're a team like Minnesota, who's close. Now, I, the reason I say I'm torn as a Jet fan because obviously we haven't had a quarterback since Namath, and Kirk Cousins will instantly be the best quarterback we've had since Namath. That being said, I'm not too gun ho about paying him thirty million dollars a year. You know, e- even I, as quarterback starved as I am, I have a limit. Like to me, if you're going to pay a guy thirty million dollars, like that guy better be Aaron Rodgers. That guy better be Tom Brady. That guy better be a guy that if you put in that backfield right now, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And obviously, we know the Jets are not there right now. So, um, but. If they sign him, I can't say like, oh, what the, you know, what the f, what, what is this? Like, I, I, I like this move. Like, so that's why I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm happy if they sign him. I'm happy if they don't. As far as what's the best move for Kirk Cousins, 
I think if he was smart, I think he'd go to Minnesota. Like, why wouldn't you want to play in Minnesota with that defense, with that coach, um, Stephon Diggs, that running game, Dalvin Cook coming back next year. Why wouldn't you go to – like, Minnesota is – you know, I can make the case that you go to Minnesota, that might be the missing piece for them. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I know wow. you're not a fan of that. No, not at all. B, hold on, B. <laughs> what, what, what team what, – Go ahead. I'm about to say, what teams – can he, is he, he looking at the Jets in Minnesota only? Those are the only ones that's, that, that – yeah, they're the well, – and this, it was is down. Yeah. Well, if you believe the reports, um, so first it was down to four. I, I don't know. I don't know who to believe because first I heard something I heard earlier today. I think it was Ian Rappaport or somebody else said it was down to four. It was down to the Jets, um, the Broncos, the Vikings, and the Cardinals. And then apparently over the last several hours, I think the Cardinals have dropped out and the Broncos have dropped out. So now I think it's down to the Vikings and the Jets. The Jets can offer him the most money. The Jets are close to $90 million in cap space. The Vikings – Obviously, could ha- offer him a chance to win, so it- it's down to basically those. Two. I was th- I was thinking Broncos and Jacksonville. I don't know what their situation with Blake Bortles. Well, Jackson- Jacksonville, they just resigned Blake Bortles. Oh, they resign. Okay, so they so they going with they they resign. They yeah. going they going to stick it out with Blake Bortles. I was yeah. I was thinking the AFC squads, yeah, Broncos and Jacksonville, but that knocked out Jacksonville. Um, hey, if I'm Kirk Cousins, man, if Jess want to if Jess want to roll out that 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 Brink truck for me, go ahead to the Jets. I'm sorry, sorry, Manny. <laughs> I know, I know you a Jets fan, but look, if I'm a player and, and if I'm 30 years old and, and and the team talking about rolling the Brinks truck out for me, I'm going. I'm going over there. I'm. Uh, you know, Jets seem like. I mean, it seem. Yeah, Jets. They in a bad situation though. Who 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 can he throw to? Like who out there? Who catching the ball out there in the Jets? Well, I mean, we got Robbie Anderson, who is an idiot, but we got Robbie Anderson, who came into his who's, own this year. Who's running the ball? That's true. That well, this Bilal this is, Powell. The, the don't don't play my boy Bilal, man. Bilal's Bilal's solid. How, how's the offensive line looking? <laughs> Crap. Crap. Well, maybe Crap. maybe the Jets might not be the best situation here. Well, listen. Well, li- well, well, listen. Obviously, <laughs> Jets are a year or two away from with any team. We we need a lot of work. Especially offensive line. Our defense is still so solid. We're always gonna have a solid defense. I hate our coach. I can't stand Ty Bowles. I don't know why anybody, any court. Well, if you're a quarterback, why would you ever go play for Ty, Ty Bowles? I, I don't know. But um, that being said, um, it is New York. The marketing opportunities there, the the off the field, the, the off the field stuff is is always enticing for guys. And don't say that it's not a that's not that's not an appeal. It's a it's a it's a it's a difference between playing in New York or Minnesota. Now, again, if you ask me, the the smart football move is to go to Minnesota. That's that's what I would do if I was Kirk Cousins. If I'm if I'm 30, I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. I would go to Minnesota because I'm not winning the Super Bowl with the Jets, at least not right now. At least it's currently constituted. Now we do have close to 100 million dollars in cap space, so we could conceivably sign Kirk Cousins and make a couple other moves. So, if I'm Kirk Cousins, oh man, I just got so many issues um, with everything. <laughs> take I your hate, heard. take your hate out of it, man. <laughs> If I'm Kirk Cousins, it, it, it really is. It really is. Uh, 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 man, um, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I need a plan. Give me a plan that shows me three, and I'm going by what you said, Manny. You said you were a year or two away. By year three, am I competing for a Super Bowl? Am I going to be a Super Bowl contender or close to it? 
Um, if you can show me that, um, then I'll sign with you because I know you got the money. Because, yeah, um, I know a lot of people are saying going to the Vikings would give him a chance to win now. I just don't believe it. Um, really? I, Why don't you believe that? I think the Vikings just – the Vikings find ways to win, um, and a lot of it has to do with the coaching. But I also think that they just had a had a lucky year somewhat last year. And mm. if you put Kirk Cousins on that team, they still don't get to the Super Bowl. I think I think Philly still waxes them. So yeah, well, I th- I just think Philly was just on a magic carpet ride. I don't think anybody would have beat Philly. Like I, 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 you put Brady on the Vikings, and I don't think anybody beats. You know, ironically, the Eagles beat Brady in the Super Bowl. But yeah. like I don't. I mean, you could you could have put anybody in that backfield, and they wouldn't have beat the Eagles. I mean, especially at home. The motivation that they had, you know, whatever, all those little intangibles that you know people think this thing that doesn't matter, whatever. Nobody was beating the Eagles this year, or at least but in the you know, season. So th- that that's true. But the thing that we kept saying all of last year, at least on our our show, right, is that at some point Case Keenum is going to turn back into Case Keenum. It was inevitable, and mm-hmm. while that game wasn't necessarily, while it wasn't all on him. We knew that once it got out of hand, it was a wrap. It was over. He wasn't going to bring you back. Right. Um, the same thing applies to Kirk Cousins. Because we've seen Kirk Cousins fail in critical in moments. Yep. Yes, over and over and over again. So he that's why I think that statistically he looks great. B can, B, B can speak to this about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's stats look awesome. But they don't amount to much when it's over and done with, and that's what I think that's gonna happen. But that, but it's a but, but that's the thing though. Like it's it's a conundrum. It really is a, a quarterback conundrum. And I had and I and I talked about this on my show. It's like I, I get everything that you're saying. You know, you're paying a guy that has overinflated stats thirty million dollars, and you're going to be bound for disappointment. But what's the alternative? You know, let's just let's just for for argument purposes, let's just say that let's just say that, you know, Case Keenum signed somewhere else. So you're so what is the alternative to not signing Kirk Cousins? Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. You winning anything with Teddy? Really? Teddy Bridgewater? Absolutely. Oh, come we on, we pro really? brother on this show. You've been slandering oh. the brothers. You don't slander Todd Bowles. You don't slander Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh my God! Listen, I'm not slant. I'm not trying to slander the brothers, bro. Trust me. But what I'm saying is, uh, first, I like Teddy Bridgewater, but is he healthy? Number one, is he healthy? Does he have two functioning legs? That's the that's the that's the the question I have. And another thing too is, it's not like Teddy Bridgewater lit up the the world when when he was a starter for Minnesota. He played well, but it's not like he was this, you know, it wasn't like he was Donovan McNabb out there. It wasn't like he was out there playing like Tom Brady. Like, what exactly did Teddy Bridgewater do? He was still developing, and he just got hurt. He just got hurt. Ted, Teddy's smooth, man. Teddy can, Teddy is definitely on the, on the same level as Case Keenum. I'll take Teddy Bridgewater over Case Keenum and Sam Bradford any day when his legs are healthy. Oh yeah, over oh, Sam Bradford. Yeah, I, and Case yeah. Keenum. 
He got hurt his, like, what, fourth? No, third. Yeah, yeah, the beginning of his third year. So he was still growing into the quarterback he was he was going to be. But, I mean, the brother was still winning games. I, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I really do. I just – I don't I, – I don't – how healthy he is. I don't know how ready he is to contribute. I mean, now obviously he's what a year or two removed from that surgery, so he might be able to work. I mean, I don't know, man. To me, if you have a chance to get Kirk Cousins, I would take Kirk Cousins over Teddy Bridgewater. That's just me myself. But yuck, nah, we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. Cause... I, I think with the Jets, I think here's the thing: if Kirk Cousins signs with the Jets. You're basically signing Mark Sanchez. That's what I think y'all are gonna get. What? Mark Sanchez all over again. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's gonna happen. Kirk Cousins, and 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 you know how the New York market is. They gonna run his ass up out of town. Well, I'm I don't. You. Well, if he doesn't play well, yes, I agree with that. They're gonna definitely run him out of town. But but here's the thing, though. Like, I, I think we live in this world where, like, if you don't, if if you if you're not Tom Brady, then Every other quarterback is sent in this world where we're constantly searching for this great quarterback. Who's the next great quarterback? Who's the next great quarterback? Like, I think we tend to undervalue or underappreciate the, the good, solid quarterbacks. And, like, who, who, who is the alternative? Okay, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not Aaron Rodgers. We know this. We, we completely understand this. It's not, even, it's not even a sense of arguing or debating it. But... Landry Jones, you know, what I mean, he's a competent quarterback. So I don't know. I, that, it's a quarterback conundrum. And and the Redskins, you know, they're pronouncing like they're all of a sudden better because they got Alex Smith. To me, it's a lateral move. Like Alex Smith, can you honestly say lateral? Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins. Yes, hey. I can. Uh, I, can. I guess. Let let Alex Smith has won. <laughs> How many big games does Alex Smith won? He 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 has a winning record. He's won way he, more games than Kirk Cousins. He's had more opportunities. And, and the other thing that people don't discuss is, you know, the Redskins were a franchise in in a constant state of dysfunction. It's not like the Redskins were this this model organization. Like the Redskins are a constant state of dysfunction. They have a coach who's an amateur, in my opinion. You know, they 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 never improved that defense. So like it wasn't like you know y'all like 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 Kirk Cousins was was playing with a full deck. I think Kirk Cousins got the benefit of the doubt, and 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 you know what? Speaking of Alex Smith, he better watch his back because Jay Gruden is known for throwing you under the bus. And yes, if things don't go his way. They gonna he's gonna toss Alex because Alex Smith has won everywhere he's went, and if he can't win in Washington, it's clearly. Jay Gruden's fault. If you well, ask and me. that's another. And, and well, what's his talent level in, in Washington? I mean, Terrell Pryor didn't play well last year. Who uh, they got Doxson. I mean, I, I know a lot about the Redskins because my co-host is a huge Redskins fan. So, and I always brag on him about it. But I mean, what's the talent level in, in Washington? They don't really have a great running game. They they they've been waiting on Doxson to take that next level. He really hasn't performed. Terrell Pryor is he the Terrell Pryor of a couple years ago when he was with the Browns, or is he the Terrell Pryor last year? So. They got a good offensive line. I'll say that. Well, they well, yeah, but I, I I think I think my concern for Kirk Cousins is this, and for you since you're a Jets fan, <laughs> is as I, I'm pro brother, 
Tabo's is my man's. I'm a root for him. Oh my God! But, See, oh no, no, no! Now we're gonna we're gonna have this conversation now. We're <laughs> we're, de- we're definitely we're definitely gonna have this conversation again. I don't want to come off like I'm against the brothers. I'm not. But dog, Tabo's is first motion yet, bro. Like it's not even it's not even what? close. It's, you what don't you- watch you don't watch him for 16 games, bro. What talent does he have, dude? Okay, granted, we're not the most talented team, but again, you don't watch him for 16 games. This man, I can, I, I'll give you four games. We won five games last year. He blew four games. He, he himself, his coaching blew four games. You wasn't supposed to win five. <laughs> okay, but we was in the situation of, and had we had a competent, like, like everybody was 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 standing and applauding with Rex, and I, and I will agree it was time for Rex to go. But Rex Ryan is ten times the coach of Ty Bowles. Is. Ten I times. agree with it's that. I like Rex Ryan. I like Rex Ryan. That's my man. I like him. This dude is terrible. This guy is awful. Like he is the worst in-game coach. I, I, and I'm sure he's probably a great motivator. He's probably a good defensive mind. Although I can't tell because his defense constantly underachieves. The dude, his in-game coach, his strategy. Clock management is some of the worst I've ever seen. Like, dog, I, I, I Division three coach has better clock management than Tabo's. A high school football coach has better clock management than Tabo's. I think that Tabo's was limited with the roster that he had, which made it appear okay. As what if was he the excuse? Okay, what was the excuse the first year when we won ten? We were ten and six. We had we were ten and five going into week seventeen in Buffalo, a, a Buffalo team that had nothing to play for, and his team didn't show up. And when your team doesn't show up, who does that fall on? It doesn't fall on the quarterback. It doesn't fall Who's, on the offensive lineman. It falls on the coach. Whoa! whoa when you whoa. don't have your team player. When you don't have your team prepared and ready to play a game where if you win, you make the playoffs. Like come, they got our coach by Rex in that game. Who was the quarterback, Manny? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who okay. Three, okay, he threw for 3,800 yards that year and had 35, 34 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Like, he had a great year that year. That was his one miracle. That was his Case Keenum year. And at the end of the day, he turned back into Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, my gosh. Hey. There's uh, a we're, rule. I can, I, I can see we're not going to go anywhere with this discussion. You're, you're never going to convince me. You, you might convince me, RG3 guys. You might convince me Teddy Bridgewater is is the second coming of of Donovan McNabb. You're not gonna convince me Ty Bowles is 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 Bill Parcells. No, no way, no way, no way. I like that. I, I again, again, you don't watch this man. You don't watch this man for 16 games. What's what's your favorite NFL team, Ken? Oh, I don't have one. Not anymore. Okay. I used to be a Chiefs fan, though. I used to be a big Chiefs fan because of Derek Thomas. So it was New York Giants because of, um, oh, my God, the linebacker. Got the Giants linebacker. Yes. Jesus Christ. I should be ashamed. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, man. So, yeah. And, B, you're you're a Lions fan, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Jim, I would take Jim Caldwell in a heartbeat over Ty Bowles. I would, too. I would too, and and I don't think Caldwell's, you know, I don't think Caldwell's an exactly a mastermind at, at NFL coaching either. But I will take him in a heartbeat over Todd Bowles. If you told He's, me right now, Todd Bowles or Jim Caldwell, I would take I would take Jim Caldwell. Take yeah. the worst coaches in Lions history. I'll take them over Todd Bowles. 
I think if you put Todd Bowles on on the lines, I think he can do just as good as Jim Caldwell did, which means you probably get him to the Super Bowl. If I mean, you put Todd Bowles on the if you put Todd Bowles on the Lions, B will get on this podcast and curse you out every single week. <laughs> he, I, I, I look, promise you. Okay. <laughs> I promise you. I, I, I okay to your point. Now I would say Jim Caldwell, but I think if you put Jim Caldwell on the Jets, I don't think he would do any better. Bill Belichick wouldn't fare any better with that roster. I mean, come on, I, man. I, I think I, I look, I'm not saying that my squad had a, a Super Bowl caliber roster, but we were better than our record indicated. And I'm telling you, he in, himself, he blew four games. We won five games himself, him, his coaching, his decisions blew four games. So I don't know. Again, we're, we're going to have the degree to disagree on this one. As far as Kirk Cousins, man, I mean, again. I'm torn on it because I, I, I want to see the Jets get a quarterback, whether whether through the draft or whether through Kirk Cousins. So if they sign him, I, I'm I like it. I'm not gonna be ecstatic, like, oh yeah, you know, we signed Kirk Cousins, like, ah, let's let's get it. Nah. I'm gonna be like, all right, cool, we finally got a competent quarterback. Let's see what else we can put around him. And if we don't, then I'm kinda like, uh, it is what it is. Well, uh, that, that's how I am. Yeah, and I think with the Jets, I mean, at, at this point, you need to find at least sign, a, I guess you can call him a veteran, um, because you don't have time to draft anybody and try to develop them. You just, you just don't. You haven't been successful at it. Um, mm-hmm. And the guys you, you draft, you don't put them out there and play them at all. So, um, so yeah, I, Christian, I agree with Christ, you. Christian Hackenberg, Hackenberg, another, yeah. another, another, yeah, yeah, Todd, Bull, another Todd Bowles pick. Uh, who picked Bryce Petty? Todd Bowles too. I have to see what was left, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, and these, these, the, so both of these are kind of tied together. Um, Saquon Barkley, a lot of talk about Saquon Barkley, and um, and a lot of talk about the Giants and what they will do with, with their pick. And um, and I know some people had the Giants picking the the offensive lineman who seems to be the safest pick in, in the draft, which would make sense to me because they need an offensive line. I don't understand why they would go draft Saquon Barkley. Um, but I understand if you can get – if you think you got a chance to get a Zeke or a Gurley, uh, then I guess you got to take that chance. But I don't think so. I'm going to just say I think Saquon Barkley is overrated. Um, what? I – Yes, I think he is. Oh, I think Ken, Saquon Barkley is overrated. Killing you're killing me. He's not worth the number two pick, man. Not not even the number one pick. I think he's overrated. I, I'm gonna wait to respond. I'm gonna let B respond because I, I got to get my thoughts together. So 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 that so so yeah, B. I mean, if if you're the Giants, right, and they've already said we're good with Eli Manning, so I think Eli Manning, given an offensive line. Can probably play a couple of more years in, in the league. So they've already decided we're gonna go with Elon Manning. If you are the Giants, um would you go with the offensive lineman that you desperately need? Or would you go with Saquon Barkley, who many are saying is the best pick in the draft? And I mean are and that shit. And and you know what? Now I'm I'm cursing too. And if you don't think Elon got it left, you know, let us know about that too. So what would you do? And do you think Saquon Barkley is overrated? That's the dude from uh, Penn State. Penn State. 
Penn State. Oh, the running back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he definitely NFL body ready. I mean, he's he's a, he's not like he's an undersized back. He's definitely come in in the NFL averaging you know, 20, 25, you know, the way he's built. Um, but if I'm Giants, you know, I would say build that foundation to get that offensive line because you're going to have a – so when you do get that quarterback – or 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 running back, you want to make sure you have a line that can protect them. Because what, what good is that player when you don't have no line that can block for you? So or that running I would say back. if I was a giant, huh? Or that running back, right? I'm saying I say either quarterback or running back. What's good? Was what's good as those two players when you know you don't have a good offensive line, a good a good foundation to to protect that. So I would say I would go after the offensive line because we you know quarterbacks. Running backs gonna always, you know, come in drafts and come in for agency. So I go after that offensive line. I work on that offensive line first because you know if Eli he's on his way out, or maybe he might go to Jacksonville to down there and re- reunite with Tom Coughlin. I don't know. Well, no, they just they resigned Blake Bortles. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Eli Eli might be done for. But just I work I focus on that offensive lineman because you know you can always get it's gonna always be some studs coming out of college as far as running backs and quarterbacks every year. So get the offensive line. All right. All right, um, all right. So, number one, Saquon Barkley is not overrated. That 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 young man right there is the truth. And I will. You want a hot take? I'm gonna give you a hot take. Based I think what? that dude, that dude, is the best running back prospect we've seen come out of college. Even better than Gurley. Even better than Zeke. <gasps> oh, maybe. May, I'm not saying he's going to be them at the Lex level. I'm saying coming out of college. He is the best running back prospect we've seen come out of college, man, since maybe Reggie, Reggie Bush. Now, I know Reggie didn't do anything in the NFL or didn't didn't have the same level of careers as he had in college. But that dude is amazing, man. That dude is a beast. He can he can run between the tackles. He can break it outside. He can return kicks. He's a, he's a threat in the passing game. Like he's a smaller Le'Veon. Hmm. <laughs> like the dude, I, I hope I'm not putting the, the curse on this man, and, and this man gonna come in the league and just be a bum. But I think the dude is legit, man. The dude is the dude is a monster, and I don't buy the Giants drafting him at number two. Like I think it's a kind of a smokescreen. I think they're they're doing that purposely so that the quarterback that they want drops to them. Um, so I think it's a smoke. I, I think it's a smokescreen by the Giants. I don't I don't buy it. Like I think the Giants are gonna take a quarterback. Um, or I think they'll trade down out of that pick to get – I think the Giants will either take a quarterback or they'll take an lineman. I don't think they'll take a running back. That's just my personal opinion. But um, if you're the Browns, like, so I'll say I want the Jets to draft Saquon Barkley. He grew up a Jets fan. Like, I don't care what the Jets have to do, go get Saquon Barkley. But we'll see what – you know, <laughs> we'll see. Why not? Why not? Did you not see his combine performance? And I'm not even somebody that gets all hyped about combines. But, but you're getting hyped sure. about a combine performance. Nah, I'm not. Even, but it's not even so much about the combine. I mean, did you watch him in college for two years, for two three years? Like the dude was a monster at Penn State. Yes, I did see him in college, and that is why I think they're overrating him. Because really? yeah, I, I, when you tell me he's he's better than. Todd Gurley, who I when I saw Todd Gurley play, I was like, "Oh, that is a man amongst boys." Like he was clearly way the best running back and way better than anybody 
um, that I seen, and, and that was with the busted knee. Zeke, Zeke was the freaking truth. Zeke showed up in big games. Zeke was winning games for Ohio State by himself. He's a Zeke. different. He's a. I will say he's a different running back than Zeke and Ty Gurley. But I think. He, I think, as far as complete package, like man. Okay, maybe he's not Ty Gurley, but he's he's close in my opinion. This is my opinion. I'm not, I'm not basing it on anything else. This is my personal opinion from what I've seen. Don't um, try. I think to the dude is. I, the my I'm not trying to hide thing. it. I'm just saying that. But listen, anyway. Listen, as man, far as. Li- Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I knew it was gonna be. I knew you. I knew you. I knew. I knew this was gonna touch a nerve. Go ahead. <laughs> because I, 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 I. Okay, starting out, I was like, you know what, say Saquon, Saquon the man. Because in my head, I was like, you know what, if I was the Brown, Browns, I would pick Saquon, and then I would just get um, whoever falls to me at four. Mm. You know, it's either gonna be mm. Rosen, Darno, or Allen. Um, but then I started thinking about it, and I'm like. And I started thinking about the games where I wanted to see Saquon really show me like he was the man. And, and I know the it, game you're going to bring up. And I know the game you're going to bring up, the Ohio State game. Oh, it was it was there was another one. There was Michigan. I don't think he did well against them either. Yeah, there's a couple of games where he didn't show up. But if that was Zeke, Zeke would have showed up, and Zeke has showed up. Ohio State, Michigan State. Zeke he, also likes to punch women. I mean, you know, cost his team basically cost his team a playoff spot this year because you know he, he, he Zeke is an idiot. Uh nah, the the man he got he got set up, man. The white girl set him up. Oh, all right, hey, we're not even gonna go there. <laughs> Fine, go ahead, keep talking. Pro brother, oh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in in all seriousness, that, well, there's conflicting reports, but um, yeah, she she's she's not exactly the most uh, she's not exactly the most credible source. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But if if he did it, then yeah, he's he's a piece of shit for that. But since it's conflicting, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, but I Saquon shows out. Uh, I I got the game log up right now. Akron. Oh man, killed them. Woo, Akron, they tough. <laughs> I, now, Iowa, you know, no, it's not. I know what you're doing. I know what yeah. you're doing. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. just saying. I'm, so you already know. So it's like, go ahead. I'm gonna I, let you live. I'm gonna let you live. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I Keep just, I, and and he has the talent by the combine. So you know, everybody's saying, oh, so he seems to be what we saw on 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 the court, but. Man, when you gotta this, it's it's the Johnny Menzel thing, right? I knew Johnny Menzel wasn't gonna be any good in the NFL because whenever he played against the top ten SEC teams, he struggled. Yeah, he got Alabama once or twice, but LSU and all the other teams, he struggled. And when you, we all know the SEC at the time that he was playing had NFL caliber talent in it in that conference, so. I have to judge you by the quality mm-hmm. of your opponents. And Ohio State guy, I mean, you, you, you that's that's the NFL team. Yeah, I mean, that whole defensive line was, is going to play in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I know. Now. Are we going to act like he didn't return a kick for like 100 yards that game, the, the first play of the game. And then I think he scored another touchdown um, on their second 
drive of the game, and then he didn't do anything else the rest of the game. But y'all act like he didn't do any. Like, he completely didn't show up the entire game. Uh, okay, so he was – what was the receiver? They used to that is okay. I'm going to let, I'm, I'm let you live, though. I'm going to let you live, though. <laughs> what happened? But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just think that there's – okay, maybe he's not overrated. Maybe he's overhyped. But okay, it seems to be working for you. You know well, what to tell it's us? Not... <laughs> the NFL. The NFL will tell us everything that we need to know. So, well, well, going back to your original question, I think the Browns obviously they control the draft. I mean, they got the first, they got the one and the four pick. I, um, if I, to me, I, I have a philosophy in the draft. Like, if you have a top four pick, top four or five pick, you always take the best player available. Like, that's just my. I, I think the smart. The smart money is always taking the best player available if if it fits your team. Like obviously, if you already have a franchise quarterback, don't take Sam Darnold. Like why would you do that? But if but if all things are equal, like you take the best player available because when you have an opportunity to draft a guy in that position, like you have to take the best player available. Like you can't you can't be in a situation where you know what I'm saying. You're the Browns, especially the Browns. Like any other team, you can maybe debate it, but especially in Europe, you need help with everything. Like yeah. you, you, you don't, you don't have the luxury of saying, "Well, I can't. I don't want to take Saquon. I want to take this guy instead." Like, no, you need help with everything. If I'm the Browns, I, I take him at number one because either way, you still win. Because I'm high on the quarterbacks in this draft. I'm not as high on Baker as I am the other three, but or two and a half. But I'm. I think they win either way. Like, I think if they take Saquon number one at four, they probably won't get Darnold, but they still have a chance at Rosen or mm-hmm. Allen or even May- a Baker. And that's not that I'm not even high on Baker Mayfield. I just – I don't trust Big 12 quarterbacks. That's just yeah. me. I don't, I, don't, I don't trust Big 12 quarterbacks. I, I've, I've never trusted Big 12 quarterbacks. I don't believe in that air raid, one read, shotgun system. I just don't think those quarterbacks translate well in the NFL and I think we have the history to prove it. So and but I like Baker Mayfield. I like his intangibles. I like he, he's a winner. I like his swagger. I like, you know, I know he needs to calm down some of the 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 the, the DX chops and all that stuff that he likes to do on the court on the field. But you know what I'm saying? But I like his swagger. I like his demeanor. I like how he carries himself. I think he's a winner. I just I don't know if his game translates to the NFL. That's just me. But and Allen, I'm not sure about. I saw Allen play a couple games and Mm-mm. he looked all right, but I'm not sure about it. I'm not. I, if it were me, I'm not sure if I could take Josh Allen with the with the second or first pick. That's just me, me personally. Nah, they need to leave Josh Josh Allen where he's at. Um, I would just yeah, get, I love uh, Josh Rosen. I think I think Rosen yeah. I think Rosen is suffering is suffering from being overanalyzed for three years. Like I think everybody had three years to basically pick apart every level of Josh Rosen's game. I love Josh Rosen. I love Sam Darnold too. I think both of them. I think those are the two best quarterbacks in this draft, in my opinion. So either one to me, you you're, you're not doing wrong with. Yeah, and I think if 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 they pick Barkley. Um, you know the the Giants will probably pick a quarterback, Rosen or or Darno, Darno and mm-hmm. I don't see the Colts drafting a quarterback, so that would leave them with whoever's left. So um, they could try to play it that now way. I, now I can I see the I, see, I can see the Colts trading out of that third pick too. I can also see the Colts. Uh, yeah, I could also see because obviously 
let's just say, let's just for argument purposes say that the draft plays out. Barkley goes one, and I think I think the Giants would take Darnold. Then I, that number three spot automatically becomes now the the the, the prize possession because now every team is going to try to jump the Jets, the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Bills. They're going to try to jump to that three spot to get ahead of Cleveland, to get ahead of Denver, to get ahead of New York. So those that becomes a prime position right there. So you know I could see I could see the Colts saying, "What y'all got? What's y'all best offers for this three pick?" True, 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 true. Yeah, that would make sense for them. Um, so, so yeah. But I, look, I've been extremely critical of Sam Darnold too. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be any better. But when you're the Browns, and you know, I know a lot of people. What's your critique to, of Sam? What's your what's your critique of Sam Darnold? His, his release, I, his motion. Nah, I just thought he was overhyped as well. I thought they tried to sell us uh, him as the number one guy last year, and I saw a guy that turned the ball over a lot. Um, talent, yes. Talented, yes. But um, he was turnover prone, like high turnover, like to the point like he was on the level of Jameis Winston when Jameis Winston had to come back for his second year, but he didn't get any of the Jameis Winston criticisms, you know, so so that didn't, didn't help him out either. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think there were some re- other reasons. Uh, that led into that, but <laughs> we're, not, we're gonna leave that alone this week. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, all right. So when you do that, listen. Uh, when you do decide to have that conversation, either you come on my show or I come back and we can have that conversation. Trust. Yeah, we definitely got a lot. We got we got some follow ups for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, only got a so. I don't. I'm, I'll say this about the Texans and the Dolphins. I know they. And y'all don't have to say anything if y'all don't want to. But, um, look, with the Dolphins, I know he's trying to backtrack. Look, I understand. You know, it's your team. You can do what you want. Um, I was disappointed in his response and the things that he was saying, along with the Texans as well, because I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. And um, and that kind of hurt. But I also understand. But I will say this. I think they need to be careful because – Coming out and saying what they're saying publicly really leads credence to what Kaepernick was saying last year when he was trying to when he was talking about suing the league. So mm-hmm. now you have the Texans and the Dolphins say, "Hey, we don't want players that protest." Okay, well, what were you guys saying last year when they you guys were signing Josh Freeman? Not them, but you know when players mm-hmm. were signing Josh Freeman who hadn't played in four <laughs> years. So um, they probably need to be careful with that. And um and I was really hoping that we would be done with the protesting stuff because I think it ended last year, and they just brought it right back up. And I think if they just would have left it alone, we would be done with it, and you wouldn't have any more players protesting. But anyway, um, but yeah, that's 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 what I had on that. Well, um, I mean, I, I yeah, honestly, I don't know why anybody is surprised by it though. Like, are we surprised that these dudes think that? Like. No, that, that's what they, that's what they do. Like, of course, they think this. They all they, they, if anybody thinks that 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 Stephen Ross and Bob McNair are the only two owners speaking, they're speaking for themselves. No, no they're speaking for the other 32 owners. Hell yeah, for the other 32 owners. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, John Mara, the venerable John Mara, you know, he basically runs the league. He's 
he's you know the New York Giants owner. He based his his family's been in the NFL since 1920. They've owned the Giants. He's basically the conscience of all the owners. When this man basically came out and in, and in a non in a non roundabout way basically said, "Yeah, we're 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 now he had to walk it back because he figured out he put his foot in his mouth." Hell yeah, but he, he basically yeah he backtracked. <laughs> but of course, but he basically said that yeah they're colluding. They're keeping Kaepernick out of the league. Like that's what they're doing. So of course, why are we surprised that these dudes come out and say, um, "Yeah, we don't want guys that protest in our league." Of course, especially Bob McNair, Mister Inmates Running the Asylum. Like, why mm-hmm. would anybody be surprised by this? Like, that's what these dudes do. It's a good old boys club. But the problem that the NFL players have is that they're in a league where they have no power. They have no power. The NFL Players Association is a joke. D. Maurice Smith, I don't know how he still has a job. Like, they have no power. So even if, I mean, these dudes have carte blanche to say whatever they feel like it because they know at the end of the day, when they get to the negotiation tables, they know that they have something that the NFL players don't don't have power they have leverage yeah Mm. yeah well anyway that's why i was saying that yeah they should probably be careful because all they're doing is just leading giving circumstantial evidence to colin kaepernick's uh lawsuit so we'll see so yeah because they can you definitely use this stuff against them um one topic I have left that I want to just get B's comments on. But before I get to that, uh, Deontay, De- DeAndre, Deontay A- Ayton, the center uh, from Arizona? De- DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know about you, Manny, but I know, B, you watch a lot of college uh, basketball. And from both, from what I've seen, this guy seems like legit. I uh, saw somebody say that he's the consensus number one pick. Do you think he's the, the, the best player in the draft? And is he, like, the man, like, the number one pick uh, heading into next year's draft? Um, Kind of like a little bit of both, yeah and no. I mean, yeah, because, you know, he's, for one, he's a big guy, big, big, strong guy that's NBA ready. Um, So it's like that's hard to pass up on that. that that's this guy-given natural talent and ability that he has. And I would say no, only just because the way the NBA is being played today. Um, you know, it seems like we now that he can be the guy that can kind of be the, you know, change, kind of go back that way where where big fellas, you know, big fellas matter. Yeah. Awesome. I miss that probably, NBA, you know, by the way. Because he's he's a true big guy that 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 likes to punish you down low. Back to the basket, punish you down low. You know, he's not he's not a big guy. I like to step out and shoot the 15 foot jumper or 20 foot jumper like that. He is a guy that likes to punish you in the paint. So for that sense, that's that that's great. But the way the NBA, the way it seems like the way NBA is going in recent years and, and, and it might seem like this in the future years where it's, it's just kind of going small ball. Just think about this. NBA All-Star took out the center. It's, they kind of really took out the center position. You know, it's nothing but guards mm-hmm. and forwards. So it's like mm-hmm. this is the way that the NBA is going. So that's why I say a little bit of yes and no. It's because, you know, yeah, because like I said, he's a guy-given physique talent, a young guy that that gets it, that has footwork, you know, that, that wants to play down low, that wants to punish you. But, mm-hmm. you know, NBA is going small ball, man. So it, it, it's – it's just kind of you, you're in this situation where it's like, man, like you, you can't pass up on that guy. You know, you can't pass up on that guy given talent. 
But it's just like how you have to be a very, you know, very smart coach, a very creative coach to kind of where you can figure him out and put, play him into your system the way that, you know, all this small ball is going. But, you know, hey, if you want to go small ball, guess what? You got a guy that's going to go down there and get all your small ball guys out in foul trouble. <laughs> so, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. But, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a top, easily a top three pick. He should go either one, two, or three, easy. I think he's – I think – well, for me, I think this is a two-player draft for me. Um, I don't think this is going to be as deep a draft as it was last year. Um, I'm a little biased. I'm a Duke fan. Um, so, oh, my God. What, man? Oh, man. I ain't even going to do this with you right now. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm a Duke fan, so I'm, 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 I'm biased to Bagley. I think Bagley fits more of what uh, today's NBA is looking for. Um, so, to me, if, if, if I was a GM, I'd, I'd pick Bagley number one but Aiton's a monster Aiton's a beast and and to your point b um he is kind of a only a low post threat right now but i think he's athletic enough because he's not one of these like plotting big men like he's athletic so i think he's athletic enough where i think he can adapt his game to the newer nba well i think eventually he can maybe not maybe shoot threes on a regular but i think he can adapt his game to be more of an outside threat um i have I guess faith in that his athleticism because he's young and he's still athletic. He's not like this. He's not like an Okafor where he was just a big plotting dude. Like those guys are just getting phased out. Like the Al Jeffersons of the world, they're just completely phasing those cats out. But um, I think Aiton still has ability, has a chance to kind of um, work on that level of his game. But I think Bagley. I mean, he's definitely, he's he's definitely. I know some teams like uh, Luka Doncic or whatever the guy from. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think it's Lithuania or. Um, um, I think it's Lithuania, but I'm if I'm, I'm wrong, my bad. <clears throat> but I know some teams like him, but I haven't seen him play, so I can only judge the two that I have seen play. Um, he's it's 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 to me it's a debate between Bagley and, and Aiden for me for the number one or two pick. Like those, if Aiden goes one, obviously Bagley goes two. If Bagley goes one, Aiden going two. So he's definitely a top two pick. Um, I just think I just think Bagley to me right now is a better overall player. Yeah, bat, bat, man, I, what what he did to North Carolina in, in the second half. <laughs> sadly. You know what Bagley is, and I was and I was telling my little brother because we were watching the game together, and I told him I was like, "Yo, I think Bagley is Marcus Camby with offense." B, like, if you, you remember Marcus, Cam- if you remember Marcus Camby in college, like he was just oh yeah, he, Mark, yeah, Marcus was all defense though, <laughs> all defense. yeah, yeah, and while he's not maybe the defensive player that Marcus Camby is mm-hmm. or was. His offense, I mean, because he could step out behind the, you know, he could step out and just shoot threes. Obviously, he he's got the leaping ability. He could block shot. I mean, Bagley's legit. If you have not seen Bagley, like, you need to make it your business to see Mar- Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley. Because, and again, I'm biased. I'm a Duke fan, but he's he's a monster. Yeah, I, I, I've seen him a few times. Not a lot, but I like what I what I saw. Same thing with Aiden. I, I, when I saw Aiden play. He just he leaped off the screen and he was just yeah. a man amongst amongst boys and you know to your point B or and I guess to both of you guys point about him being like a throwback uh, big man um, he's taken and made more threes than Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis in college so um, he has he can definitely develop that shot and I'm sure he knows he needs to have that shot. Um, so I, I would expect him to probably work on that uh, at the next level. So 
if you got a guy that can go that can score inside and can pull you outside, then I I, I would like him, man, because there are not a lot of centers in the NBA. And to be able to have a guy like that that you can just throw the ball to and just let him go to work and mm-hmm. can score that close to the basket, I mean, that gives you such an advantage over a lot of teams that don't have a low post threat. So and you control tempo too. That's another yeah, thing. You got a guy yeah. that's just and, and and to B's point, like I think I think eventually you will see the center come back. Like I think we had the same discussion about running backs. Like I think it was like five, six, ten years ago when running backs were starting to get devalued and a lot of people felt like the the running back was almost dying. And I think now you're kind of seeing the running back come back, which I'm I'm happy about. I think it's gonna be the same thing and maybe not like right now in the near future, but I think in the next seven to ten years i think after like golden states runs over <clears throat> i think you will see the center maybe not like it was back in the day when we were growing up watching basketball but i think it i think you will see this the, the, the traditional center come back into play because i think these things are kind of cyclical in a lot of ways like you know <clears throat> everybody kind of falls in love with the new hype and the new hype is analytic analytical basketball and shooting threes and you know all that stuff and and yeah. kind of low post plays has been devalued but i think event i think if you have well you have 30 teams in the nba if if all 30 teams are playing you know small ball eventually there's going to be one team that kind of bucks the trend and goes the other way to find some success so i think it's all, all it's going to take is one guy coming in the league and just dominating and then you're going to see like oh we need to get our hands on that and i think oh. that's what's going to turn the tide they're already there because the big man that you had before was Anthony Davis who played like a guard. But mm-hmm. now that you have Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, they are going to bring the big man back, especially Embiid. Man, man, I love watching that dude play, man. Like, it's it's just – Because he's a throwback. He's a throwback. Yes, it's so refreshing. It's just – it really is. Like, he's, yeah. he's just – man. Anyway, <clears throat> so I think him and Carl Anthony Towns – will with with how efficient they are and their ability to step out on the perimeter and shoot the three i think people will want more of that now it's just up to you know these kids to to give them that and i think they will i think they will um you know because in the past you know it was just like here big man you go do what you do they didn't have to go out and they didn't have to work on their three-point shot because they always had the advantage over every, everybody else just off based on their size but now that that is almost becoming a requirement, then we'll see these young kids saying, oh, I can be like Joel and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis. I just need to work on it. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, last thing I got, and I have no thoughts on this because I don't follow the sport like that. Um, so, Manny, feel free to chime in if you do. But mm. really, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing this one to B. B. I heard first take and everybody talking about the fight, Canelo and Triple G. Uh, you're the, the 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 fight expert on this show. So uh, any thoughts on the upcoming fight that you want to share with the people? Um, real quick, uh, I just want to touch on uh, Deontay Wilder uh, with his uh, gutsy performance, um, beating, beating another undefeated heavyweight, um, giving him his first L still. 40, uh, 40 wins, 39 knockouts, man, for De- Deontay Wilder. Hopefully he's on, he's eyeing the Anthony Joshua fight, hopefully later on this uh, fall of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, <coughs> looking forward to that. 
But uh, yeah, as far as you know, Canelo was was caught with some uh, substance in his system. He blames on the meat that he was eating <laughs> in Mexico, and now he's changing his training location into the U.S. because he was training in Mexico, eating some bad meat that got that contains some steroids or some type of um. Uh, enhanced performance or whatever, right? So it's, that should be interesting. Um, he he, you know, that was quick on his feet just to blame what he was eating. Um, and not like I said, I think, they, I think take... they had that excuse already prepared. But that's just yeah, me. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because <laughs> you know, it, I think when he fought him the first time, he didn't realize how freaking powerful Triple G was, and he's like, yo, I need something for, I need something to go against this guy. Um, but I don't think he did. I mean, I, I think I think he can still beat Triple G without even without the uh, extra. Uh, human advancements. Um, so, but yeah, I think the rematch. I think it was it May. I think it's. I want to say it's May fifth. May fifth is going to be the uh, re- the day of the rematch. Yeah, I think you're. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, also, um, I think Kell Brook had an impressive win. Errol Spence said he's willing to fight him at the 154 weight. Um, give him a rematch because uh, Errol Spence tapped that job. But I'm waiting for Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford uh, fight. Me personally, myself at at 147. I w- I hope that. I hope that 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 fight goes um, goes down because that would be one of the most anticipated waterweight fights, um, styles wise. I think we we will see probably since um, Thomas Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard if those two um, clash. But uh, yeah, Triple G and um, Canelo. I, I think Canelo might edge it out in the, in the decision, man. I, I I thought, you know, I think even though it was a draw the first time, I still think um, Canelo can. Show that he can outbox, outclass him, and as well as be a puncher too. You know, uh, Canelo has all those craft materials in his, and you know, in, in his weapon. You know, whereas Triple G is just straight up, up and down. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna knock you out. I'm, I'm going straight forward. I'm not backing down. But um, yeah, that's that's all. And, you know, it's, it's interesting fight going on this year, man. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we get the matchups. Keep Thurman if you stop being a punk and stop and stop uh, running <laughs> everybody. Um, he got. He got he got two of the welterweight belts and it's like he want to hold on to him and not fight anybody. He keep blaming that he had a surgical. He's coming from a surgical elbow, but you know that was like such a long time ago. So it's like, damn, dude, like, what's what's the hold up? Just say if you really injured, just say, look, I can't fight. When people ask right. you questions, don't just keep dancing around and dancing around. Just say, look, I don't. I'm not sure if I can still fight yet competitively against a, a top notch boxer. I'm still letting my elbow heal up. Just say that. But don't be dancing around and and because it's really you really looking like you scared like you don't want no you don't want no parts of Sean Porter you don't want no parts of Errol Spence you know so it's just like come on Keith Thurman man just, all that trash talking you used to talk when you was trying to get the belts now you got the belts live up and, and defend them you know defend the belts so yeah he's looking nice. real suspect he's looking real suspect very right suspect man he's looking he's, he's looking. He's looking bad out here, man. Whoever in this camp, they need to they need to talk to him and, and tell him, man, like, dude, you out here looking bad right now. Word. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Well, this has been uh an interesting show. Thanks, Manny, from uh joining us uh again. No doubt, man. It's a pleasure every time. Yeah, no yeah. Doubt. Um Yeah. How how old are you, Manny? I am thirty one. Oh man, you 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 dang I Thought you were uh, in your twenties. All right. Nah, man. Nah, nah. Thirty-one. Man. Just, <laughs> 31. just turned thirty-one in November. Well, this past November. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, yeah, this was definitely interesting, and uh, we definitely got to follow up on some uh, some of our disagreements. Yes, uh, we do, Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh man. Whew. Man, yeah. Jameis Winston. 
Oh my god, I got it. Don't get me started on that one. Me, but my my <laughs> co-host, my co-host is a, is a Bucks fan, so I, I get on him about Jameis Winston all the time, and I think I'm starting to convert him over to my side now. Like, I don't think Jameis Winston is. It, He's talented. I, I just don't think he's one of these dudes that's going to ever be able to stay out of trouble. He just does. I hate the curse. Stupid shit. Just, just, just that that sentence. That sentence. I, I just, I, I, I have, I have so many responses. But that's all. Right. And you and you, and you can be stupid when you're Le'Veon Bell, a running back or an offensive lineman. But when you're a quarterback, it's not a good look. Not a good look. That's it. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you with that little nugget. all right thank you guys for listening to another episode of dead in sports be sure um please please subscribe to the show and uh share it with your friends also subscribe to and check out the technical file podcast uh with 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 manny um i'm sure he said plenty of interesting things on this show today to uh definitely pique your interest so um so that's gonna do it for us this week we'll Catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. Peace, everybody.